Hello friends, welcome to Beyond the News. I'm your host Jim Grant. This is episode 43. Coming up on today's show, recorded on Friday the 4th of June. No prizes what the top story is going to be. Anyone that's been listening to this podcast or the cruise podcast I did with Craig Campbell over the last year, it will come as no surprise to hear about Anthony Fauci's email links. We're going to be breaking down a lot of those, a lot of the contents. Not just that, but how they're covered by the mainstream media and a look at how the mainstream media and the so-called fact-checkers covered it about a year ago. Then we're going to take a little look back at why I made that call a year ago from the news articles there. It's pretty much old news to me what came out this week. but And that's an interesting question, isn't it? Why now? Why is all this stuff coming out now when the news has been around for years? I suppose everyone loves a leaked email where he could basically, you know, admits everything that was put in various documentations over the last year or so. But we'll look at that in more detail. In Listener's Corner this week, you know, we had uh, Speaker's Corner, in a traditional part of um, English heritage in London, at least before Covid, where people were going to say what they wanted. I'm going to call it Listener's Corner, being sent from the listeners here today. We're going to be looking at uh, Brit scientists in a sugar bomb which destroys cancer cells in seconds, how to opt out of the general practice for planning and research. Where else have I been sent from loyal listeners this week? Uh, antibody from common cold can neutralise COVID-19. England's biggest COVID vaccine centre breaks policy. Uh, school day to be extended. And uh, Israel sees probable link between Pfizer vaccine and myocarditis cases. So that's what I've been sent by listeners for mainstream documents on the Telegram group. You can go and um, I'll put the Telegram link in the in the Spotify links if you want to come and join it. Uh, hello to some of the new members that joined this week. I have no idea you are. Isn't that beautiful though? That that's nice. Uh, people who are because when you start a podcast, you start it by trying to get your um, friends to listen. Obviously. Uh, numbers were very low for me when I started because <laughs> I'm not a very sociable person and uh, those that do like me might not necessarily um, want to hear anything other than the mainstream media version but it's nice to see that we've got a little beyond the news community now that's 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 nice and do you can email of course at beyond the news at protonmail.com as well so let's get into our first story here this is from yesterday June the 3rd Fauci finally admits COVID-19 may have come from a lab leak after his emails exposed. So instantly the question on that should become, why are you finally admitting it may have lab leaked only after the emails exposed? You're supposed to be like the chief investigator of this whole thing. Uh, yeah. So why might that be? Is it because... <laughs> Uh, you know, he's involved with the lab that may have leaked it. And he's, of course, really good friends with Bill Gates, who ran Event 201, the pandemic planning, a couple of months before this all came out. So it may not have even been a leak. Uh, or will we need more emails to come out? Uh, will we need to see more leaked emails to see it wasn't a leak from a lab? Uh, or, or will they show that it was a genuine leak and it was just a coincidence that Bill Gates drilled for this entire thing um, only a few months before it came out and then was, of course, planning to be the saviour with the vaccine and all sorts uh, and was telling the world how much we need to lock down uh, because, of course, he is a uh, expert on locking people down. Um, all his doctor degrees, his degrees in virology, um, how things stop sp uh, the spread, uh, all of that he's an expert in. Oh, no, he isn't. Sorry, I forgot he's got no qualifications in medicine whatsoever pretty much like me um yeah but jim you, you haven't uh, designed an entire operating system well there are those that say you know in court cases that uh, you know his role in that may have been determined but on the plus side i'm not friends with jeffrey epstein so uh, and didn't try and get what was it <laughs> What was it? He was after a, a Nobel Prize. Hey, Mr. Pedo, can you help me get a, a Nobel Prize? All right, then. And uh, no wonder his wife is divorcing him. But again, the question I ask with that, why then? It's not like she didn't know about his... Uh, there's various things, isn't there? Lawsuits. Anyway, I'm digressing into Bill Gates' previous episodes. This week, it's time for Anthony Voucher to be under the spotlights. Go and listen to the previous podcasts I've done on Mr. Gates. 
Hmm. Dr. Anthony Fauci is admitting that the coronavirus could have come from a lab leak. And that's in inverted commas, almost like the New York Post don't even buy what they're timing. As emails released the FOIA show, sorry, as emails released through the FOIA show, he was told of unusual features of the virus at the beginning of the pandemic, but is blaming criticism of his shifting positions on people out there who resent him. It's funny, isn't it? Like, you walk up to, and just punch someone in the face. And um, then that person goes and tells, I don't know, maybe a police officer or something like that. And Fauci then comes in and goes, well, yeah, that person is going to say that about me because they resent me. No, they resent you because you punched him in the face. No, he was punched in the face and now he resents me. Because he resents me, you can ignore the fact that he's saying I punched him in the face. That's basically Fauci's logic, isn't it, really? There is no doubt that there are people out there, for one reason or another, resent me for what I did in the last administration, which I was not anything that was anti-Trump at all. Oh, still the old uh, party politics game or anything like that. Oh, it's this, it's that, it's Democrats, it's Republicans. No, you're a liar, and you lied. Uh, and your emails kind of prove it. And Tucker Carlson done a wonderful breakdown. If you don't know who Tucker Carlson is... Uh, Fox News presenter. I mean, I can't believe that Tucker Carlson and, and Fox News are mainstream news, to be honest. I mean, it's really good stuff, the stuff they're putting out. Um, some of his earlier work stuff where he's wearing that bow tie it comes across as a bit of a bell end. But uh, his, his, all the stuff I've seen in the last five years has been really good from, uh, from Tucker. I mean, I don't watch it avidly, but whenever I do, I'm, I'm usually impressed. And I think you can find that just on YouTube, I think, or at least for now. Um, but that again brings into another thing, wasn't it? Because it's ironic that I'm reading this from the New York Post, and I wonder if it's Mark Moore, June the third. I wonder if it's the same person who had their. This is this is a year ago now, and we covered this on my cruise podcast. Again, you can find that on YouTube. C R E W S with Craig Campbell, and we broke down that the New York Post did an article saying, look, there's at least enough evidence to suggest that this coming out of a lab shouldn't be dismissed as a conspiracy theory. And again, I was calling at the time, you know, you, you know something's up when instead of investigating something, they just instantly dismiss it as a conspiracy theory. Uh, that's when you know there's something to be found there. And so did uh, more research on it. And there it turns out there's a hell of a lot to have been found on this lab in Wuhan. And you can check out episode two of the cruise that I did. But I'll be going through on this podcast some of the articles that were around a year ago. But the New York Post had their article taken down by Facebook fact checkers a year ago. And I think the New York Post were like, who the hell are you, you upstart little Facebook people, to say that we, uh, as an established journalist people for over, you know, how long the New York Times, New York Post has been there? I don't know, a while. Uh, you know, established. Who the hell are you to fact check us? That was very much the, uh, the follow-up piece that the New York Post wrote. And then they went down the rabbit hole. They found out who the fact checkers at Facebook were censoring the information on the Wuhan lab. And again, it's not science when you go, science is studying everything except that bit over there. We don't study that at all. We don't care what it says, whether it's true or not. Uh, we're ignoring that and we're just going to ban everyone that says it. That, I'm afraid, isn't science. Um, and I'm afraid that isn't really fact-checking, is it? It's censorship because <laughs> you're not checking them. Anyway, the f it turns out that one of the Facebook fact-checkers involved in checking the lab in Wuhan had ties to it. Uh, talk about Fox guarding the chicken's house. And the New York Post went with and ran with that. And in the end, I think it was um, the Facebook fact checkers had to back down because they were so utterly embarrassed. We're going to be taking a little look at Snopes later as well, um, talking about embarrassingly inaccurate fact checkers and why so. So, um, yeah, not only were it like, oh, does the Wuhan lab that was specifically experimenting on coronaviruses and specifically uh, investigating how to get bats involved in that and gain a function. Is that lab in the very town where the first outbreak of this occurred? Oh, I'm sure that's just a coincidence, but we won't eat. 
it goes beyond that. We're not even going to allow you to mention that coincidence. That's when you know. You smell a rat. I instantly smell a rat, you know. And that's how you also know, you know, um, that Facebook really is just pure. It's not fact-checking. It's a what You can describe and decide for yourself what agenda they're following, but it ain't fact-checking. You're not checking a fact when something so blatantly obvious, oh, yeah, this, this has sprung out of nowhere, and it just sprung out of a place down the road that happened to be a level four biolab facility experimenting on this very thing, and, oh, it seems to have something to do with bats, and that's exactly what they were experimenting at the time, and there's numerous amounts of scientific journals, documented evidence, and they had to take it out of North Carolina in 2015, and put it over there, and all documented, all sourced at the time, uh, broke it down on the cruise episode. Oh, really? It's just a coincidence, is it? See, I couldn't even buy that. But it's also, you know, you can't even mention the fact that the glaringly obvious. Yeah. You know something's going on, and you'll know. If someone's covering up for, for something so obvious, there'll be a reason for it. And the New York Post discovered it, don't they? So this is what I'm talking about. I always say I've done beyond the news to counter what the mainstream media is putting out, but I do it using what the mainstream media is putting out. The conclusion is exactly what that whistleblower said a few episodes ago. There are good people in media, truth-telling people in media, and there are bad liars in media. And you can... I'm not even going to try and decide why they're lying. Bribery, corruption, fear, in on it, conspiracy, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> But they're doing it. And then there are good journalists who are trying to put this stuff out. And that's what Beyond the News does. It takes the pieces of the good mainstream media journalists and it throws it in the face of the mainstream media that quite clearly, you know, when faced with stuff like this, they just censor it. Just like the B PCR test. It's quite obviously not fit for purpose, especially at 35 cycles or above, but blanket it out. And we covered the RT article and why they did that beforehand. So, of course, RT, I consider that mainstream. It's on the fringes of the mainstream, but it's still Ofcom regulated, I do, do believe. And they were very good to me when I worked for them. So, uh, albeit once. So, I use good mainstream media to counter the lying mainstream media. It's kind of like mainstream media Aikido kind of thing. So, but it's important to point out there were good and bad. And... It's turned out, sure enough, that uh, all of this has come out in the end, hasn't it? Or at least it looks like it's coming out. I've also got uh, something else to say as well, just as a point of view. Um, if It's quite clearly Fauci lied. Uh, if as a result of any of his lies anyone died, uh, he doesn't need to be fired. It's a trial. Uh, everyone has the right to innocent till proven guilty. I never ever suggest uh, mob rule or justice because uh, you know a trial is complicated. There's a prosecution and a defence for a reason. It all needs to come out. All needs to be aired. Um, Fauci needs a trial because if um, you know you can get prosecuted for the slightest little things these days. Uh, so you don't want it to become like Stalin, where he said if one person dies, it's a tragedy. If ten thousand die, it's a statistic. Well, let's not make certain that statistic goes without a trial, shall we? And the second reason why you need a trial is what else is there to come out that we need to know about? And probably a trial would be the best place to do it. Not a bloody inquiry. I'm sick to death of the inquiry. Right, you all, you know, Iraq war with the Chilquot. Well, you all know Blair did something illegal. Uh, if we put him on trial, he would easily be found guilty. So instead, we're going to do an inquiry. And the inquiry is going to pretty much say, yep, that exact thing. Uh, he needs to be put on trial. But we won't put him on one because that would set a precedent that politicians have to be accountable for their actions. And that's not something we've had over the last 100 years. So definitely don't want to do it now. Um, the public must be treated like slaves. They must get into the habit of thinking, Oh, it's politicians. There's nothing can be done about it. You must break their spirit. You must break their will. You must make learned helplessness, it's called. You must learn that you are helpless 
to hold your politicians to account. Now, we'll do an inquiry because we understand there's a lot of anger and stuff like that. So we'll deal with you at an emotional level. Are you angry? Okay, yes. Oh, it all come out. Oh, he's terrible. Oh, we'll resign. He's all that. Oh, and now he'll get those uh, millions a year from JP Morgan and nothing will happen to him. If you let your politicians treat you like that, you will be treated like that again and again and again and again and again. Because then there'll be a power structure built up about uh, the people in power that go, well, if I go down, you go down. Well, none of us go down then, otherwise we all go down. Flip that around. If you can start to send some of them down, they'll start, it will be like the mafia. You know, you get Sammy the Bull, he'll snitch up Gotti. So, who will Fauci lean on or snitch on? Or will he be Epsteined? Uh, again, you know, go and look at all the... Oh, it's a conspiracy theory. Actually, that one, even people who usually call people conspiracy theorists didn't buy that one. They actually thought that he was suicided. But again, when you talk to him about the, you know, the satanic paedophilia involved in everything he was doing and the eugenics operations and all that kind of stuff, oh, no, 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 I can buy the fact it was a conspiracy he was killed, but I'm not going to listen to anything about the conspiracy why he was killed. That's a theory. Conspiracy reality, he was killed as a result of a conspiracy, but that conspiracy itself is a theory which uh, I'm going to ridicule you for. And I'm afraid that's quite a lot of people uh, things. You know, they, you know, shut up, we went to the moon. Shut up, lizard man. Oh, uh, no, hang on, we're going to be talking about how footage in the cell goes missing. I'm really not interested on the moon landings one way or the other. I'm not talking about whether people have reptilian DNA or whether they're shapeshifters in another election. I'm talking very much about the fact that Jeffrey Epstein had friends in very powerful places who are still in places of power today. And the numerous things involved in his death, um, the, the, the or, go and look at my uh, cruise episode of uh, Ghislaine Maxwell and Other Falling Masks. We break it all down there. So this stuff, th th what I'm saying, is, uh, let, allow me to surmise without rambling, there comes a point where conspiracy theory becomes reality. When you know it comes reality, the people must be put on trial for their perceived crimes, to you know, or found innocent. Everyone has the right to innocent to prove guilty. I'm against all forms of mob rule. Everything must be done peacefully and lawfully, but that law must involve a trial before his peers. So... In an interview Thursday morning on CNN, Fauci was asked about the email he received in April 2020 from the president of EcoHealth Alliance, thanking him for knocking the theory that the coronavirus may have originated because of a leak at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Oh, that nonsense. I don't even see how they get that from that email. That email was sent to me from them, Fauci said on CNN. I have always said, and will say today, I still believe the most likely origin is from an animal species to a human, but I keep an absolutely open mind that if there may be other origins that there may be another reason it could have been a lab leak he continued well you're a scientist Fauci aren't you aren't scientists supposed to not pick and choose theories that they knock and support aren't they supposed to just science and science involves getting to the truth doesn't it rather than picking one beforehand and then you know knocking the other so there's a copy of the email here as well um yeah, Fauci received that email from the head of a non-profit that used a 3.4 million grant from the federal government to fund research at the lab. Yeah, that's... A, oh, this is obtained by BuzzFeed, by the way, uh, people I don't trust. So, hmm. I find myself... Yeah, it's weird to be in a position where the mainstream media is catching up to what you've said. And, it, and, I, and when all the known liars start to agree with you, Hmm, interesting, you know, <laughs> maybe Ike's onto something, <laughs> maybe there's nothing at all, who knows, but uh, no, I'm going to stick with the biolab weapon and it's all coming out, I'm going to think positive uh, for now. But, excuse me, I'll take a sip of water there, so, but in January, Fauci was warned by researcher Christian Anderson that the coronavirus had unusual features, yep, uh, there was quite a bit at the time, if you remember, scientists in India got silenced, um, there was the uh, 2008 Nobel Prize winner, um, the, the French guy covered that where he said it's definitely man-made and those people were censored. See, that's the thing. If there was no censorship, 
then I could just see it as truth coming out. But when it's like, oh, yeah, that sounds very probable. We're just going to censor that without looking into it. That, if anyone died as a result of that, and you, you can look on other stuff that they censored as well, other potential treatments. I'm not a doctor, but look into the, the aviromexin. I, could, I probably pronounced that incorrectly, hydroxychloroquine, all that kind of stuff. If anyone died as a result of this, these people need to be put in prison for the rest of their lives if found guilty before an honest jury of their peers. And let's make certain that um, that, that jury doesn't contain um, the Facebook fact-checking uh, links, you know, i.e., there's someone in there that isn't connected to the whole thing. Oh, I'm the head of the jury. Yeah. Oh, I, I, uh, yeah. I used to work for that lab in Wuhan. But don't worry. I can, uh, I can put that out of my mind and be a, an honest and impartial juror and find Fauci not guilty. Uh, if he is found guilty, he could sing on me. But I promise you that will not in any way affect my decision. So let's just make certain that that doesn't go ahead as well. But these people need trials now. Uh, the unusual features of this virus make up a really small part of the genome, less than 0.1%. So one has to look really closely at all the sequences to see that some of the features look engineered. Anderson, who runs a viral genomics lab at Scripps Research in La Jolla, California, wrote to Fauci on January the 31st. A few months after the start of the pandemic last year, Fauci said the virus most likely evolved in nature and then jumped species, as opposed to being artificially or deliberately manipulated. Fauci on CNN said he still looks back, still backs the likelihood that the virus was the result of animal to human transmission, but you cannot misconstrue the email. But oh, sorry, and that you can misconstrue the email however you want. <clears throat> See, I love it. It's just doubling down, isn't it? Just. I'm lying, I'm lying, I'm lying, I've been caught lying, I'm going to lie some more. You know? Yeah, oh, you can misconstrue that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was told by some various people that it was man-made. Yeah, you can misconstrue it. Um, and then the people that, I we talked about it all being taken down at social media, and the social media were connected to the same lab that I was. You could misconstrue that however you want, as he says. But I keep an open mind all the time. And uh, you just don't allow others to keep an open mind and express it on social media, Dr. Fauci. And that's the reason why I have been public that we should continue to look for the origin. Really? Because the people at the New York Post who wrote about it um, might disagree with you. Fauci said... This is probably why they're doing the article now. <laughs> They've been there with their truth axes to grind for a year. Probably looking across at the desk at all their, some of the other New York Post reporters that are going along with the lies and thinking, oh, I'd love to bury this in you, my co-worker too as well. You will get yours. <laughs> um, I, I merely speculate on what the mindset of some of the people at New York Post might have been when these... The, their established journalism was, you know, you know, you're just conspiracy theorists called that by Facebook fact checkers who had ties to the very lab. Can you imagine what it must have been like for them? Anyway, that email, you can misconstrue it however you want. That email was from a person to me saying thank you for whatever it is he thought I said and said that I think the most likely origin is a jumping of species. I still do think it at the time as I'm keeping an open mind and it might be a lab leak, Fauci said. Yeah. There's the Overton window. We won't mention it may have been a deliberate release to push across an agenda. And of course, that's where I leave it on Beyond the News, uh, what the agenda is. I'm just here to tell you that the mainstream media and the mainstream television media are not singing from the same hymn sheet. Definitely not in Britain. I mean, that's totally like, you know, anyway, you know what it's like. That's why you listen to this show. He said interest may be building behind the lab leak theory, but that Americans should not be accusatory and avoid pointing fingers toward the Chinese Communist Party, claiming it's obviously in China's interests to understand the virus's origins without elaborating. It was also in China's interests to um, show the world that everyone needs to be locked down, locked down for a few months, and then keep the... It's worked out in China's interests that the, while the rest of the world is locked down for like the last year, China only locked down for a few months, they got their economy back up and running again, and now where I am in Sussex, you can't find a bag of concrete due to supply chains. 
because of course businesses go under in those sort of circumstances and we've covered on the show before how Chinese businesses seem to be buying bankrupt businesses that they want in the Western world. Uh, that is in their interest, isn't it? But um, again, up to you to decide what agenda is going on here. I am just merely a humble news repeater monkey and this one I am repeating myself quite a lot and patting myself on the back because man did I call this a year ago. It's obviously in China's interest to find out exactly what happened and the is of the natural theory would be to find that link so you have to keep looking for it. I mean obviously you want openness and cooperation. Oh obviously Dr Fauci unless it's looking into your background which is why it had to come from a freedom of information request and the people in the lab have Facebook shut it down you know when New York Post, Post writes an article about it so I mean obviously you want openness and cooperation I've had enough of listening to this man on this article let's go and find other things that um yeah I think I think I need a bit of Tucker Carlson's interpretation of Fauci now I think uh, now I've listened to that man Tucker, Fauci exposed as hundreds of emails released. Again, 3rd of June, unreported truths, author Alex Berenson weighs in on Fauci email expose on Tucker Carlson tonight. Uh, oh, and it goes to uh, a video there, I think, which I'm not going to play. Uh, let's go on to the next. Oh, there's, there's a few of them I've lined up from the Daily Mail. We will get through this together. Newly released emails reveal Dr. Fauci's friendly messages to Chinese experts at the start of COVID outbreak, but he didn't ask any questions about how pandemic started. <laughs> There's your openness and transparency, Dr. Fauci. There's your open mind, son. Let's keep an open mind. Not over there, though. I'm not looking at that. The Washington Post obtained 866 pages of Dr. Fauci's emails from March and April 2020. They reveal his very friendly relationship with Dr. George Gao, the director of the Chinese Centre for Disease Control and Prevention. Fauci did not ask Gao whether he knew how COVID-19 originated. Oh, there's his open mind. <laughs> there's his cooperation and transparency. Yeah, we'll cooperate to... Um, Definitely put forward one theory and have another theory censored. <laughs> we'll keep an open mind on censorship. As claims the virus leaked from a lab in Epicenter, Wuhan reached fever pitch. Other emails show Fauci spoke with Bill Gates about the possibility of developing a vaccine. Because, of course, Bill Gates has got loads of medical qualifications. The 80-year-old doctor also appears amused by his newfound fame, forwarding on an article about he had how he had become a sex symbol. <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know about people that watch the mainstream media, doesn't it? Well, this is by Andrew Court, and this was first published a few days ago on the 1st of June, updated on the 2nd. Newly uncovered emails reveal Dr. Anthony Fauci's cosy relationship with China's top infectious disease expert, during the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, this is just recapping this. Let's get to some proper meat and potato, show. Let's scroll down. On Tuesday, they published several exchanges that took place between Fauci and Gao in April and March of last year as the coronavirus pandemic hit America in full force. Fauci took a warm and friendly tone with Gao and did not ask any questions about the origins of the virus. Uh, of, course, of course, if you're in charge of stopping the spread of the virus... The last thing you want to do is find out about what you're trying to stop. No, no, no. It's almost as if, it's almost as if they wanted the virus to spread so that they could lock things down. And who wins from lockdowns? Politicians win with control. Corporations win with their small businesses being exterminated. And globally, it looks like whoever opens up quickest wins economically. Mm, what was that again? China, oh, the very place it originated. No, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. But anyway, uh, last week the top doctor conceded that there should be further investigation into the theory that the virus leaked from... Further investigation? You did bugger all, son. It's coming out, the emails proved it. Further, there should be an investigation. Do let me know what the first investigation was. Did I miss it? 
that it should be further investigation into the theory that the virus leaked from a laboratory in Wuhan known to perform experiments on bat coronaviruses. He did so despite spending much of the last year playing down that suggestion. Oh, that's good scientists, isn't it? What's that? A coronavirus that has something to do with bats originating from a lab? What's that lab studying? Oh, coronaviruses and how it translates with bats. Nah! Don't be a conspiracy theorist. You're jumping to a hell of a conclusion to think that a lab experimented with coronaviruses and bats leaked a coronavirus with bats and that it just happened to be in the same town where this... You shut up, you conspiracy theorist. What logic are you using there, moron? Yeah. Anyway, I think I've made my point on that. Uh, my facetiousness must come to an end at some point. It's just, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit, um, I'm a little bit happy. This is the, um, I suppose this is the podcast equivalent of I told you so. But of course, I'm not saying I told you so to my listeners, because you already were on the same page. On April 3rd, Fauci formally reversed his stance on mask wearing, telling Americans that they should cover their noses and mouths to stop the spread. See, that's an interesting one again there as well. When you point out to people, see, on April, let me reread that. On April the 3rd, Fauci formally reversed his stance. So a lot of people don't know that. Fauci had a stance that was anti-mask. You know, it's not going to do you any good. It's going to take it away from those that need it. And at the time, I remember thinking, well, who's going to need it if they're not any good? But I think it's more or less he was saying that they're sort of useless after about 15, 20 minutes, they get wet and stretchy and let things through and that kind of stuff. I can see that. And there are studies that say that masks are effective, you know, earlier than later. We've covered that before, the Reuters one and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I can buy that. But if you say to people... I do believe he also did a paper in which he said that masks contributed to the um, Spanish flu of 1918. That's quite a big statement to make. I'm going to go and look that up for you now. Okie dokie. I have done some digging. This I've not read this myself, uh, the study uh, myself. But um, I have done some... The things that came up were fact-checking. And um, I'm going to read it to you because they kind of say it's false but I'm, I'm not so sure if you put two and two together so um, let's go straight to eu.usa today and that's a fact checker and it said um, fact check Dr Anthony Fauci did not say masks contributed to Spanish flu deaths okay but this is what he did say and um, and that this is the fact checkers ruling and of course the reason I've gone to this is because these are the most likely to be incorrect, if you know what I mean. So if if I can get them to prove my point, the people that are kind of saying that it's not, then that's a good place to start, isn't it? Because I could find loads of people that would say I'm right. Um, but if you can go and find people that say you're wrong, and then look at the truth about the people that are saying you're wrong, that's got to be... Like a, quite a harsh standard to go by, isn't it? So let's let's go through it together. Fact check: What's true and what's false about face masks? So what Fauci's study really says? In an effort to inform on better per pandemic preparedness, Fauci and two colleagues, doctors David Morins and Jeffrey Torenberger, looked at lung tissue and autopsy samples taken from the 1918 Spanish flu victims, as well as other published findings from the time. The group discovered many types of bacteria known to cause pneumonia, an infection that inflames the lungs, air sacs and alveoli. Alvelo. I'm not a doctor. The results were compared against tissue and bacterial samples obtained from later pandemics, particularly the Asian flu of pandemic of 1957 and the Hong Kong flu of 1968. Um, do you have visions of Fauci and his things going grave robbing? <laughs> That's a joke, by the way. I'm not accusing of that. Deaths from these later pandemics also appeared to be associated with bacterial pneumonia. But Fauci and his colleagues noted that there were differences in the spectrum and extent of secondary bacterial pneumonia, likely due to advancements in medicines such as antibiotic and influenza vaccination and demographic and social factors. Masks were not mentioned at all. 
whether as a source for bacterial pneumonia or otherwise. Fauci and his co-authors explain that primary infection influenza could have made it easier for bacterial pneumonia to thrive and kill patients since the virus would have wrecked the body's physical and immune defences and observations shared again amongst the scientific body. So our ruling, false. We rate this claim false because it, it is not supported by our research. Dr Anthony Fauci and his colleagues did write a 2008 paper determining victims of the 1918 Spanish flu died from bacterial pneumonia brought on by the flu. Masks are not mentioned anywhere. So he, he does say that people died as a result of the bacterial pneumonia. That's how I'm reading that. Either because they died directly from it or it weakened them to die from the, the 1918 Spanish flu. That's what I'm saying. So let's read that again. Um, Dr. Anthony Fauci and his colleagues did write a paper. Oh, it's decided to refresh itself just as I was reading it. That's a, what a joy. Um, anyway, and now it's not letting me scroll down. Oh, wonderful. There, there you go. Live radio for you, uh, friends. Oh, it's almost as if it doesn't want you to read it, isn't it? Screw it. Right. You saw what it, it said, right? It said that bacteria... They died of bacterial pneumonia. And, right, so that, that's a fact. But it did say they didn't die as a result of bacterial pneumonia brought on by masks. Fair enough. I, I, can, I can do that. Um, and then there's an article from Reuters here, which is more or less saying the same things. Um, I'll put that in there as well. But it's more or less, uh, yeah, factually clear is it's a subtraction of the studied that bacterial pneumonia was preceded by the influenza virus. The weight of evidence was examined by... So he's saying, yeah, in the 2008 study here, this is according to Reuters, which Fauci did co-author, explains that the influenza virus destroyed cells that line the bronchial tubes and lungs, which created a pathway for bacteria that normally inhabit the nose and throat to invade the lungs and cause bacterial pneumonia. So that's Reuters is saying the same thing as USA Today. Now then, Let's go to the British Medical Journal, and this was published on the 9th of April, 2020. Um, face masks for the public during the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, the rapid response, more research is needed on the effect on the nasopharyngeal and oropharyngeal bacterial flora. So that's they're saying more research is needed on the human body <laughs> and parts of which I can't pronounce. And I'm just going to scroll down through here and um, it's talking. Uh, here we go. If the public are advised to wear face masks, we must be certain that this will not adversely affect the bacterial flora of the upper respiratory tract. I am not aware of research in adults relevant to this question but there is quite extensive evidence from another field of study in which viral infection interacts with bacterial pathogens to cause sudden death. In the 1980s, there were approximately 1,500 deaths per annum in England and Wales from sudden infant death syndrome. Oh, am I reading the wrong face? What's this got to do with face masks? There you go, live, but at least I find it out you on um, in real time here. Uh, sudden face mask. Uh, this condition was associated with prone sleeping and was more common in winter. I'll keep reading and see if we get to the point in winter months. While viral respiratory infections were prevalent in the community, viral respiratory tract infection led to secondary bacterial growth by bacterial pathogens, and toxins produced by bacteria led to sudden deaths around two to three months of age when antitoxin. This isn't good radio, I'm aware of this, reading out this sort of stuff. Um, the, this is directly relevant to the question of homemade cloth face masks. There is a potential for bacterial pathogens to grow in moist mucus soaked within the material. This could adversely alter the upper respiratory tract flora. Inhalation of bacteria and viruses directly into the lungs in patients incubating COVID-19 could then risk synergistic interaction and a rapid deterioration in the patient's condition. Those who plan to wear face masks, and there are obvious benefits, should attempt to optimise their oral microbial flora by
by regular consumption of natural yogurt or other fermented milk products. So that is the, the BMJ, that's the British Medical Journal. Now, I wonder how many mainstream news out, I didn't even know that. That's news to me, that if you're wearing a face mask, try eating yogurt with it, because apparently that will try and eat up some of the bacteria that the masks are uh, sort of trapping or producing or whatever it is, and they get in the upper respiratory tract. And that is the kind of thing that Fauci in his previous thing said it made the Spanish flu worse, as we were reading it, right? So the fact checker said, true Fauci said uh, the Spanish flu was made worse by bacterial mona, uh, either by, you know, people dying it directly or people weakening it so the flu could kill them. And then you've got the BMJ saying masks can cause exactly that. And why, you know, you should eat yogurts to try and prevent that. While simultaneously saying they have benefits. So I'm not saying that masks don't have benefits. I'm saying there are cons as well as pros to this. And we weren't, well, the mainstream media that I watch never told you about the cons. And it never told you about how to, um, you know, yogurts and fermented milk products that could help potentially lower it. So there you go. So that's what I wanted to say. So <clears throat> maybe that was why, going back to the point I made 20 minutes ago, Fauci, and we'll go back to that article now, Fauci said, don't wear masks to begin with. And he changed his point of view. So never forget that. He did definitely change his point of view on that one. So uh, let's just have a look at time now. I'm going to really blitz through the Fauci stuff because I think I've been on it long enough now. I think you've got the general idea of what him and what I think of him. But let's just get through some of the juicy bits now and then I'll get on to some more news because I definitely want to do that listener's corner thing. Too risky to pursue. Wuhan lab batwoman and US expert warned against... Sorry, it just had another little uh, joy of loading for me with the Daily Mail's warned against performing gain-of-function experiments in 2015 paper after they created a coronavirus capable of infecting human cells. Here, this is the meat and potatoes that I want to get to. A team was tasked by Matthew Pottinger, Deputy National Security Advisor. They set about investigating the lab leak theory to investigate uh, COVID-19's origins. The theory had been swiftly dismissed by many scientists. Trump disagreed. Pottinger's team came across a 2015 document spelling out that threat. The paper reported on the dangers of gain-of-function research. The discovery suggests that... Uh, sorry, you always get this with the Daily Mail. The discovery suggests that the idea of the virus escaping from a lab is not far-fetched. No, really? I could go on another rant like I did earlier, but I won't. Vanity Fair reported the Wuhan lab had had several previous security scares. So, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, they, they've got previous on this. This isn't the first time something escaped from their lab. So there you go. That's the 4th of June. So I just wanted to point out, and again, the head of the, I've mentioned it before, North Carolina, the head of the Wuhan Virology Lab and a University of North Carolina expert warned of the immense danger posed by their own gain-of-function research after creating a new form of coronavirus and said it was potentially too risky to pursue in a 2015 report. Yep. And that's at the same lab. Researchers inserted a protein from a Chinese rhesus horseshoe bat into a SARS virus from 2002, resulting in a new pathogen that can infect human cells, Vanity Fair has revealed. Now, I know this might be a controversial view, but when this came out in 2015, the world didn't listen. And we've effectively allowed our scientists to go, we're going to mess around with extremely dangerous stuff it's a bad idea, but guess what? If anyone says it's a bad idea, we're going to call you a conspiracy theorist and just keep doing it. And we're going to keep doing it because you let us. This is why this has happened. So, I, I'm, you know, I, I, people have lost relatives and all that kind of stuff and no one deserves to die for ignorance or anything like that. But to a certain degree... If the world wanted to watch X Factor, the whatever your nation has got talent, EastEnders, if you wanted to do that, 
and you said to yourself, I've got no time, I've just worked 40 hour shifts a week, I would have deserved a, a beer and relax, I don't want to hear about this sort of stuff, I just want to stick it on the TV, you know what, that's your choice as a free human being, but this is the world that is created, when you let mad scientists do science that's mad, madness is going to take over the world, you know, and that's what it is, that, that, that madness got out of the lab, it shut us all in our homes, it shut down all our businesses, and, uh, you know, I suppose it is now, those people that said, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to listen to this, I just want to watch TV when I finish work, where's my beer, well now, that your business has been shut down, you can do, sit around and do it a lot, can't you, so I suppose it's kind of like, you know, it really is, we've, I don't want to, no one deserves to die of ignorance, but in, to a certain extent, we have reaped what we've sown. We do not hold our politicians to account, and they in turn do not hold the scientists to account. We hold neither to account, they hold us to ransom, and by that it's, well, we're going to do this, and we're going to do it with your tax money. And what's that, you, you don't want to give us money? Well, you've got to, because it's paid by taxes, so if you don't want to do that, you're going to go to prison. And we're going to make things really dangerous and it's going to get out. And when it gets out, if anyone notices that it got out, we're going to call them a conspiracy theorist. And we're going to encourage you to just go back and watch some more TV, which is how this thing started in the first place. So we are in the world that we deserve to a certain degree. All of us are, myself included. So, but worried researchers wrote, on the basis of these findings, scientific review panels may deem similar studies building chimeric viruses based on circulating strains too risky to pursue as increased pathogenicity in mammalian models cannot be excluded. Uh, I think that's their way of saying let's not mess around with uh, playing God because it could go tits up. I think that's what it was trying to say. The potential to prepare for and mitigate future outbreaks must be weighed against the risk of creating more dangerous pathogens. I think that's the layman's way of saying I know we're creating all this stuff to deal with pandemics, but at the end of the day, all the pandemics have been caused by us. So uh, maybe we should stop it now. And, um, you know, but anyway. Uh, Institute uh, of Virology's lead coronavirus researcher, Shi Zhengli, and an epidemiologist from the UNC, Ralph Marek, were among 15 authors of a report on novel coronavirus research. Oh, by the way, there was a woman from the lab, I don't know if it was her or not, that went on the Tucker Carlson show that explained everything. So this is what I mean. This is, Fauci's emails are breaking news to the general public, but they're not breaking news to the listeners to this show or anyone that's listened to Tucker Carlson. This is just our moment of going, we told you so. So you can read all the articles yourself and be on the news. I'll post them a lot on Facebook as well as the Telegram pages. But I do want to sh get through this quite quickly now. So, Jim, how did you know about this a year ago? Oh, it was easy. I was reading reports like this. This is, again, not my favourite newspaper, but hey. The 12th of April, 2020, over a year ago. Ground Zero. US government gave 3.7 million to Wuhan lab accused of sparking coronavirus outbreak with experiment on bats. The Wuhan Institute of Virology undertook coronavirus experiments on mammals captured more than 1,000 miles away in Yunnan, funded by a 3.7 million dollars that's three million pounds grant from the u.s government and why did it do that because north carolina didn't want it in their backyard and they said if you're going to do this do it somewhere else this is this news is old it's some of this news is six years old in 2015 COVID-19 was originally thought to have come from a so-called wet market in the city but there was mounting speculation linking the disease to the lab and another in the city. Oh, really? And then, of course, the Sun was reporting what the Mail reported. This was all there. But if you shared this link on social media, you were called a conspiracy theorist. Which is why maybe it's news to some of the people. It's come from a lab. Shut up, conspiracy theorist. That Come from a lab. Shut up, conspiracy theorist. And then the TV says it comes from a lab. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's news to me. So how did I know? I was reading articles like that one. And I do believe I've dug up from the Beyond the News archives uh, another article for you. But it's from the... Yeah, here we go. This is from the Mail. And this would have been from the 12th of April 2020. 
uh, I was covering this on the Cruise podcast uh, back in the days. So, revealed US government gave 3.7 million grant to Wuhan lab, that centre of coronavirus leak scrutiny that was performing experiments on bats in caves where the disease is believed to have originated. I oh, know, what are the odds? So, let's... 12th of April 2020. So there you go. All you had to do was, and I love it how this, the fact checkers, I thought I'd go back in time as we were going down a little trip down memory lane. Um, I haven't brought out the New York Post one. You'll have to go and dig that out for crews from yourself. But um, what I thought I would do is bring out uh, the Snopes article. Oh, have I accidentally closed it? Oh, here we go. There we go. I thought I might have closed it. Often it gets a bit chaotic when I open Daily Mail articles because the adverts go everywhere. Here's the bit I love. It, this is the classic Snopes one. Claim. The Obama administration provided a 3.7 million grant to the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. Rating. Mixture. What's true? A portion of 3.7 million grants... Uh, awarded between 2014 and 2019 by the National Institutes of Health to Eco Alliance Health a Global sorry that should be Eco Health Alliance a global in environmental health non-profit organization it's always non-profit isn't it um, I'm sure all these people aren't making a penny helped fund research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China what's false However, not all of the 3.7 million went to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and not all of the funding took place under the Obama administration. Approximately 700,000 of the 3.7 million was approved by Donald Trump. <laughs> and that's what they say is mixed and false. Well, it wasn't 3.7 million to the uh, Institute of Wuhan Virology. It was... Um, well, 700 grand of it came under Donald Trump. So that's false. Well, mixed, false. And when we put it mixed, we can go to Facebook and say, well, it's not entirely accurate. And of course, when Facebook says it's something not entirely accurate, the one step beyond that of the Facebook user is, well, that's fake news, isn't it? So I just wanted to see how you almost got like the fake news game of Chinese whispers there. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, no, fair enough. All right, then I, I can live with that. So instead of calling it false, shall we say three million was given to the Wuhan Institute of Virology under Obama? Can we do that? rather than saying the whole thing was false. But that's why I have no respect for Snopes. Oh, that and the fact that they got loads of money and spent it on prostitutes. Fact check. I know that's going from memory. Perhaps I should fact check myself on my memory of the fact checkers. But yeah, I think they got... Um, let's just say there was some controversy. I can't remember what it was. Maybe I'll dig it out. And do you know what? I don't care about them. Move on. Washington Times had a good uh, article, but of course I, I can't read uh, that. Um, but the URL says Anthony Fauci should explain 3.7 million to the Wuhan laboratory and it, that looks like that was June the 4th today really? I mean I would have had him explaining that in April 2020 when the Sun and the Mail were covering it but hey I suppose now you've got his emails you, you should ask him shouldn't you Yeah. Right, might explain why you were so pally with them we read about on other previous things before why, why you might not want to point the finger at them. So Breitbart, Dr. Uh, Anthony Fauci and Chinese CDC director's email exchanges exposed. We will get through this together. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, that's more of the same of what I've already covered, isn't it? I want to do I want to do the corner thing. Um, so, yeah, I'm just sort of catching up with myself there. Right, let's zap through some remaining news here. Do you remember the first British person to get the COVID vaccine, William Shakespeare? I'm going to give you an update on him. This is from the Daily Mail. First man in world to get approved COVID jab is dead. Brit William Shakespeare dies at 81 from a stroke after long illness. I wonder if the illness was long before he got the jab. Thoughts to his families and at this difficult time. Moving on now to what's fast becoming one of my favourite parts of the show is Listener's Corner, where people send me articles on the Telegram page. It's nice to know that once I put this out into the ether, someone actually listens. So uh, this is from D. Israel sees probable link between Pfizer vaccine and myocarditis cases. This is by Reuters, by Jeffrey Heller. Israel's health ministry said on Tuesday it had found the small number of heart inflammation cases observed mainly in young men 
who received Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine in Israel were likely linked to their vaccination. Pfizer said in a statement that it was aware of the Israeli observations of myocarditis and said no casual link to its vaccine had been established. There you go. Nice uh, fact-checking themselves there, Pfizer. Lovely. Of course, I would definitely recommend the work of uh, Mike Yeadon, uh, the f guy that used to work for Pfizer. I think he used to be their VP. I think he's very good. So this is from James from the Mail online. Mary Kekatos, acting US health editor for the DailyMail.com. This is from the 1st of June of this year. Antibody from common cold can neutralise COVID-19 and could lead to a vaccine that protects against all coronaviruses, new study suggests. A new study compared blood samples collected before the pandemic to those from people infected with COVID-19. Levels of antibody generated by immune system cells called memory B cells were higher in the samples from the COVID-19 survivors. These antibodies circulate in the bloodstream for years and remember diseases and are called back into action if the threat returns. Researchers, sort of like King Arthur, researchers say the findings could help scientists develop a vaccine or antibody treatment that protects against all coronaviruses. An antibody that develops after people have the common cold can neutralise the virus that causes COVID-19, a new study suggests. An antibody that develops after have the common cold can neutralise virus that causes Interesting. If you reread that again, it almost. <laughs> yeah. Both the common cold and SARS CoV 2 fall under the, fame, under the family known as coronaviruses, which cause upper respiratory tract illnesses. Remember, that was what the British Medical Journal was saying about the bacterial pneumonia, and that's how it gets there. However, it was believed that antibodies that react to ordinary coronaviruses didn't work against the virus that leads to COVID. But in blood samples of COVID survivors, researchers found high levels of immune cells generated during the common cold that remember diseases and are called back into action if the threat returns. The team from the Scripps Research Institute in La Jolla, California, says the findings could help scientists develop a vaccine or antibody treatment that protects against all coronaviruses. Interesting one from James there. Another one here. This is from The Sun. Greedy cancer cells gobber, gobble up sugar missile. Beam of light detonates bomb of to kill cells with no need for chemo. So this is from the 30th of May 2021. Cancer Hope. Brit scientists invent sugar bomb, which destroys greedy cancer cells in seconds. Brit scientists have invented a sugar bomb, which destroys... I've read that about three times already. Tumours need food in order to spread, so gobble up the sweet bomb which contains a drug. Uh, light shone on those cancer cells detonates the explosive known as SENBD. It works because cancers grow fast and need more food than healthy cells which are not harmed by the drug. Scientists hope the sugar treatment will boost survival and spare patients damaging chemotherapy. So far, it has only been used in glioblastoma, the most common brain cancer. In tests, it destroyed the tumour's sugar-craving cells in seconds. The method is being adapted to fight cancers that prefer fat or protein, Nature Communications reported. Breast, prostate and lung cancers could be combated by the approach. Researcher Sam Benson of Edinburgh University said of the sugar bomb technique, the drug absorbs the energy from the light. It uses the energy to weaponise the oxygen in the cells, killing them from within. The Brain Tumor Charity said the method could be an innovative new way to target aggressive cancer cells while sparing healthy cells. Now, here's what I've heard a few of these over the years and they breach the mainstream media and then you never hear of them again. I want to keep an eye on this. I want to know if this is being... I want to know if this treatment that fights cancer is being uh, spread as if it was cancer, i.e., all the scientists getting on board. Yeah, let's right. Let's develop it into this, that, and the other. Obviously, if it's an experimental procedure, then all uh, patients need to be consented. But they're, you know, if they destroys it in seconds in their terminal, if I was terminal, someone said there's an experimental procedure. Um, it's an experiment. We don't know whether it's going to go good or we don't know whether it's going to go bad. Yeah, sign me up. Sign me up. Just give me a chance to live. Go for it. I'll, I'll sign up. But obviously, it's against the Nuremberg Code if you're 
tell them if, if you don't tell them it's experimental which is very interesting about this um, vaccine isn't it because um, I've said before it is by its very nature experimental because it's um, in order to test for long-term health effects guess what you have to have it and then leave it a long term and observe the effects I know it's genius isn't it if you want to observe long-term health effects leave it a long term and then observe the effects anything else is an experiment so I wonder if the people that they were told, you know, you know, this is all part of. Actually, perhaps they don't need to tell them for for the Nuremberg Code. Perhaps it would be the Ministry of Bloody Obvious because is there any long term health effects of this? Oh, we we don't know. So an experiment then, yeah. But still, it might be quite nice if everyone was um, told when they were going in for their vaccine to say, uh, you know, that some side effects from anything can occur after a couple of years right yeah and you know that we only developed this vaccine six months ago right yeah and you know we've only been giving it to people for the last few months right yeah i'm just gonna read back to you that statement you know it can take a few years for some long-term side effects to become you know apparent yeah Okay, well, I think to anyone with a brain, I've just sort of constituted that um, I've given you your uh, Nuremberg chat. Roll up your sleeve. <laughs> Let's get jabbing. And, uh, I, uh, yeah, I don't want to make light of anyone that's had adverse side effects, but um, common sense must dictate somewhere in your brain that that conversation must have occurred at some point. Or perhaps not. A big thank you to all the people that contributed to Beyond the News. Big thank you to our affiliates at Radio Alumni, Martina. Uh, big thank you to everyone for listening. Cheers.